0: Chapter fourteen of Heroines of Travel by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lady Florence Dixie in Patagonia. Among the numerous adventures which that enterprising traveller, Lady Florence Dixie, has had in the course of her interesting life, her adventures in Patagonia take no second place. In 1878 she conceived the idea of journeying through the wilds of that little unknown land, and on the 11th of December of the same year, accompanied by her husband and several friends, she set sail from Liverpool. The voyage to Rio de Janeiro was made without event, but they had not long to wait for adventure. Immediately after entering the city, the travellers decided to drive to Tijuca, a small village among the hills. A carriage with four spirited mules was the conveyance, and a good start was made. The native who occupied the box would hardly have been called a good driver in England, but in spite of his recklessness, which made the travellers momentarily expect an upset, all went well until they reached the summit of a steep hill, at the other side of which lay Tijuca. Here one of the mules became restive. The driver began to beat it unmercifully, and the travellers, fearing the consequences, got out of the carriage and walked down the hill the next moment the carriage dashed forward at a furious pace and was soon lost to view when lady florence and her companions reached the foot of the hill they found the wreck of the carriage the mules struggling and kicking in their traces and the driver sitting unhurt by the roadside calmly viewing the situation another adventure lady florence had while in Tejuca was while wandering among the gorgeous woods there a delightful green bank invited her to sit down but her dog just then darted at something in the grass and to her horror she saw the long twisting body of a snake of the cross whose bite is almost instantly fatal gliding away the adventures of this short journey were not yet ended before starting for rio next morning they impressed caution upon the driver of their carriage but they had hardly taken their seats when the mules bolted the road was downhill with a sharp turn beyond which it crossed a stream at this point the carriage was balanced on two wheels for a moment the next moment the driver had fallen into the stream and the occupants of the carriage were buried beneath the vehicle happily no bones were broken and they speedily extricated themselves and continued their journey on a stage-coach which fortunately came up at this moment before they reached their destination, however, they were fated to have another adventure, for again the horses bolted. But Lady Dixie and her companions, jumping out, escaped with a few cuts and bruises. It is not to be wondered at that the party now made up their minds to perform the rest of the journey on foot, which, accordingly, they did embarking again the party sailed southward entered the straits of Magellan, and finally disembarked at sandy point a miserable tumble-down town which had then been recently devastated by a band of rebels here several days were spent buying horses and dogs and engaging guides and packing the provisions which they had brought from England in suitable bundles for transit on horseback. At length all was in readiness, and a start was made for the pampas. The first few days of their march were made exciting by the constant watchfulness which they had to maintain over the pack-horses if from any cause, such as the cords of the pack becoming loose and causing the contents to rattle, an animal became restive, its companions would instantly take to their heels and scamper off across the plains. Snap went the cords, and the packs fell off, and those in pursuit could trace the fugitives by the biscuit-bags, tin-kettles, and other impedimenta, with which the ground was strewn. Such incidents were of frequent occurrence, and though the pursuit and capture of the animals was a hard and dangerous task, Lady Florence took her share of the work with the greatest delight. One day, as the travellers were riding over the pampas, a faint smell of burning assailed their nostrils, and in a short time they were horrified to see dense volumes of smoke rolling towards them in front and on the right and left there was an unbroken wall of smoke and as they knew fire lay behind it presently there appeared through the smoke great forked tongues of flame which fanned by the wind rushed towards them with marvellous rapidity there could be no questioning what it meant the prairie was on fire to race the flames was out of the question the only chance of escape was to gallop through the belt of flame and reach the other side if possible there was at least a chance of life any other course was certain death it took them but an instant to throw their mantles over their heads dig spurs into their horses and charge the fire the terrified animals plunged and kicked and refused to face the flames but their riders were determined and forced them forward the moments that followed seemed an eternity says lady florence dixie describing the scene as i urged my unwilling horse forward the sense of suffocation grew terrible i could scarcely draw breath and the panting animal seemed to stagger beneath me the horrible crackling came nearer and nearer i became conscious of the most intolerable heat and my head began to swim round My horse gave two or three furious plunges, and then burst madly forward. Almost choked, come what might, I could bear the mantle over my head no longer, and tore it off. The sudden sense of relief that came over me as I did so I shall never forget. I looked up. The air was comparatively clear, and the fire behind me by some miracle i had passed through it unhurt her companions were equally fortunate the chief sufferers being the poor horses which were severely burnt on again over the undulating pampas the travellers rode day after day experiencing the full enjoyment of the free life of the open prairie and at the same time suffering many of its discomforts hardly a day passed that did not find them engaged in an exciting hunt after guanaco or ostrich occasionally a puma crossed their path and then there was work of a rather more serious nature but none of them were ever injured then after a time they entered into a mountain region with which even their guides were not familiar through the gorges of the Cordilleras, they wandered day after day without coming across a single sign of the presence of human beings and rarely encountering any wild animals it was a grand wild picturesque life a silence deep as death reigned over everything but there was no sense of loneliness or depression the chief danger they encountered in this region was from troops of wild horses one evening while they were sitting round the campfire after supper there came in sight what appeared to be a troop of indians but which on a near approach was seen to be a herd of wild horses quick get ready your rifles or we shall lose our horses was the cry the party needed no further urging and all hurried off lady florence included to the spot where the horses were grazing to repel the danger quick as they went the wild horses went quicker And their leader, a fine handsome animal, flew like the wind. A shot fired at him served only to quicken his pace. When he was within a few yards of the horses, he was brought to a standstill. The leading animal of the tame troop accepted his challenge and came out to do battle the travellers watched the fray with a very real interest should the wild horse prove victorious they were lost and they trembled at the thought of being left three hundred miles from sandy point without means of transport or conveyance while the combat was raging fiercely between the two animals the travellers managed to reach their horses and drove them towards the camp and when the wild horse again came down on them a few shots sent him scampering away with all his troop with two of her friends lady dixie made a daring journey among the mountains to visit three peaks called cleopatra's needles the road lay down the side of a ravine so steep that they had to dismount and lead their horses it was exciting work for a single false step would have sent them headlong into the river which flowed three hundred feet below this part of the journey was accomplished in safety and they forded the river after this the road lay through a dense forest of beechwood over and over again they were forced to retrace their steps owing to the density of the undergrowth sometimes what appeared to be a broad stretch of level ground was rendered quite impassable on account of a belt of bog stretching right across it at length after four hours arduous travelling they cleared the forest Darkness was now coming on, and they decided to camp for the night by the side of a stream. Supper was cooked and eaten with a relish such as only comes after a day of toil in the open air of the mountains. Then the weary travellers wrapped themselves in their cloaks and, with their saddles for pillows, went to sleep under the vault of heaven fretted with gold and fire the journey was resumed early next morning and after a few hours riding a broad lake was seen lying near the three peaks which the travellers intended to visit they therefore decided to ride first to the lake which they reached after a terrible scramble through forests and bogs and over rocks it was a magnificent sheet of water encircled by tall hills on which grew a profusion of vegetation reaching down to the water's edge the three peaks in the distance were distinctly reflected on the surface and so awe-inspiring was the scene that we stood as if spellbound none of us uttering a word after a time they rode round to the head of the lake and encamped for the night this was the limit of their journey and in the morning they set out for the camp which they reached at nightfall having performed the ride in one day when lady dixie rejoined her friends a council of war was held to decide on their future movements provisions were becoming alarmingly scarce the biscuit bag especially being very low the horses too were showing signs of overexertion after carefully considering the pros and cons of the whole situation the travellers agreed to set out on the return journey without delay a start was accordingly made AND FOR THE FIRST FEW DAYS ALL WENT WELL. THEN THE GOOD WEATHER WHICH HAD ATTENDED THEM THROUGHOUT THEIR WANDERINGS BEGAN TO DESERT THEM. ONE EVENING WHEN THEY CAMPED THE SKY LOOKED VERY THREATENING, AND BEFORE LONG A FEARFUL STORM OF WIND AND RAIN WAS RAGING. IN THE MIDST OF IT THE TENTS WERE CARRIED AWAY, rugs and clothes were blown about in all directions and the utmost confusion prevailed in the darkness it was impossible to see a yard in front and the fury of the gale prevented the erection of a temporary shelter so that there was nothing for it but to sit and wait for daylight about four o'clock in the morning the wind fell and shortly afterwards camp was struck, and the day's march begun. That afternoon the horse which carried the bags containing the biscuits, their most precious commodity, suddenly took fright and bolted. Trusting to the firmness with which the pack had been tied on, they had no fears, but they did not dream of the strain to which it would be subjected. Gradually it slipped down and down. The horse felt the weight and kicked out with such force that in a few minutes the pack fell off. When Lady Dixie rode up to see the extent of the damage, she found the precious biscuits reduced to a fine powder and their chief comfort and support gone. But other hardships were in store later on the supply of meat failed and though the party divided themselves into hunting parties no success attended their efforts one day lady dixie and her husband went out hunting together and stalked a herd of guanaco for nearly a whole day without getting a successful shot it was late when they started to follow the trail to the camp their horses were thoroughly worn out and darkness came on before they had completed the distance to proceed farther was out of the question so they lit a fire and sat round it patiently to wait for daylight when they were enabled to resume their journey and break their fast after breakfast that morning there was no food of any kind in the camp under such circumstances no time was lost in pushing forward to sandy point but many things happened to cause delay the horses were lost and had it not been for a happy thought on the part of lady dixie to search a secluded valley the delay might have been serious we can form some idea of their sufferings on this part of the return journey from the fact that all they had for supper one night was two small ducks fancy this among eight people after a cup of coffee says lady dixie we drew our belts a little tighter pushing onward Though faint with hunger, the travellers arrived in the course of a few days at their starting point, where they obtained the food of which they stood so greatly in need. A few days afterwards they embarked on board a steamer bound for England, and said good-bye to their faithful guides, who had led them, for a careless happy time, across the lonely, trackless, PAMPAS End of chapter 14